from the Australian National Academy of Music. This is the Upbo Download. I'm Luke Carvin. My name is Kenny Keppel. Welcome to the show. We're back. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is season two of the Upbo Download, and we're back because we feel like there's a whole lot else to discuss about what's happening in classical music at the moment, and Adam has agreed and has graciously had us back. And we're here to deliver you an entire season of discussions and podcasts and interviews. That's right. So we've got six episodes lined up for you and they're hopefully going to be very engaging and maybe entertaining even. Who knows? We're <laughs> going to talk about the internet. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about feminism. And homosexuality in classical music. That's right. We're also going to talk about um, <laughs> how instruments influence people's personalities. We're going to do a live podcast uh, for the John Cage and Frank Zappa concert. And that's on the 12th of August, I think. 12th of August. Uh, so a little while away. But in the meantime, today, we're going to talk a little bit about being on the outside of NM. Yeah. For fresh listeners, though, for the podcast, we should just um, introduce what uh, is going on. And we should also say uh, who we are. So I guess I'll start. Shall sure, I start? why not? All right. So uh, my name's Kenny Keppel. I play the clarinet and uh, I was at NM from 2015 to 2016 as was Luke. Uh, We both studied under uh, David Thomas, but I'm actually originally from uh, Auckland in New Zealand. I don't know if you can tell because of the accent. And I've been living in Melbourne basically since the start of Adam, and uh, I've been here ever since. That's basically, basically who I am. Luke? Basically. Who are you? My name is Luke Carbon. I am also a clarinet player. I was at Anim 2015-2016, studied with David Thomas. And uh, Kenny and I started this podcast because we felt that there were so many stories and personalities and things going on around Anim and classical sort of music behind in general. the scenes, yeah. Yeah, that was so worth exploring and sharing with everyone. And so we started the Apple Download last year and we're back this year to kick it off with season two. Yeah, last year we had some really, really incredible guests lined up and uh, we've done the same this year. We have some really, really amazing people who were coming through the building and and talking to us and we're just having a little chat about a lot of different topics. And of course, with the new season come a few new segments. So um, hopefully you're ready for um, a little bit of a shake-up from uh, last year's structure of the episodes. Enough about that. Let's move on to what we're actually going to talk about, which is um, being an alumni or being an alumnus in this case. Luke, you're no longer at Anam. How does it feel? What's going on? After finishing up at Anam, like, and even after being, it's only been what four or five, six months since we finished. That's right. Yeah. And looking back at, at, at the two years I spent there, it sort of made me realize just how much it challenged me and made me grow as a musician and as a young professional. And I'm yeah, assuming as, you've had exactly as a person as well. Yeah, and you've yeah. you've had the same experience. That's I'm sure. right. Yeah. Um. I mean, Anam just like it really puts you through your paces. Uh, the schedule's really quite intense. And um, you learn how to deal with a lot of things, a lot of music and a lot of people. Um, and that's they're all transferable skills that propel you into the world of being a professional. Look, um, a- Adam is a trial by fire in many respects. That's right. But like, I don't think we'd have it any other way. Yeah. The skills that we need as young musicians who are sort of just starting our careers, the, the skills are many. And the you have only, to be a business person. That's right. And and you've got to be like a marketing genius and you've got to really just be able to talk to people. As well as being at the top of your field on your instrument. Yeah, like being able to just actually play the instrument really well. Um, so there's just so many things that go into it. And I, I think Anam is like pretty much the best place to learn all of that. So anyway, moving forward into uh, the main part of this broadcast, I guess. Luke, do you want to tell us what's coming up? 
Anim alumni are resplendent throughout Australia and throughout the globe in orchestras, in new music ensembles, in um, tertiary institutions. Who, they're kicking goals, they're you know taking names and numbers, they're doing really great things. And so we sat down and had a chat with six of these alumni and we've asked them a bunch of questions and, and put together a little montage per se of, of what it meant for them to be at Anim and what they've been doing since. So let's have a listen to that now. All right, hope you enjoy it. Um, could I get you to just introduce yourself and like where you are and what you do? So I, I'm Ashley Smith and, and I'm a clarinetist and I now work as an academic at the University of Western Australia. That's, so that's my day job. And my job here is I'm the head of WINS, so it's taking care of all the woodwind students and all the teaching for, for the WINS. Uh, and I also am the head of contemporary performance as well. So that's running contemporary performance practice and classes in 21st century music and, and also do a class in pop music as well. And then performing-wise, I mainly play chamber music. Awesome. And when were you at Anim? Oh, I was there 2008 until 2010. My name is Phoebe Russell and I was at Anam in 2011. I did one year at Anam in 2011 and I met a teacher in Berlin. So I ended up moving there in February 2012. And I started at the Hans Eisler Hochschule für Musik in Berlin and later went to the Orchestra Academy in the Berlin Philharmonic. I am now on trial as principal bassist in the Queensland Symphony Orchestra and have just returned to Australia after five years in Germany. Yes, I'm Cameron Jamison and I'm a violinist and I have returned to NM to cause more mischief in these walls. Um, How long were you away from NM, Cameron? Uh, three years. So wow. Working for three years. Um, so I'm in a, a string quartet with uh, other NM alumni who I've worked with over my time here in the first time. Um, and then doing things like Melbourne Symphony Orchestra and session work around town. And I thought, you know, doctors have that opportunity to go back and do professional development and teachers are doing conferences and stuff like that all the time. And it's great to have the opportunity. I had a lesson with Robin and I felt like there was a lot that he could give me um, for my playing. So I thought it's probably worth spending some more time here to just come and redevelop a few things, which is great. Uh, my name is Elliot O'Brien, and I play the viola. I was at Anam from the year 2014 to 2015, so two years at Anam. Uh, so my name is Dean Newcomb. I'm the principal clarinetist with the Adelaide Symphony Orchestra. It's the first job I've held full time, and I've been there for almost ten years. Hi, my name is Kaylee Melville. I'm a percussionist. I was at Anam from 2013 to 2015. And these days I'm working mostly in contemporary chamber music with Speak Percussion and Rubik's Collective. Tell me a little bit about what it was like starting out at Anam. Anam just gives you so many opportunities to try your hand at so many different things. And as a when I first applied for Anam, I didn't really know where I wanted to go with music and being able to try everything was just amazing. 
in Perth, there's uh, there's not many viola players for a start, but I was actually the only viola player in my year at WAPA when I was leaving. So, um, yeah, and I, I moved to Melbourne, and then suddenly you're you know you're right bottom of the pile, and let's make clear pretty. Um, soon after you get there, you know, you see how hard these people are working there and uh, how just how much practice they do compared to uni. That, that's the biggest thing I noticed for going from uni to NM was the amount of time you can actually dedicate to practice instead of to doing like written assignments and that kind of thing. So um, that's what I like. When uh, when I started at NM, I was. Um... I was shocked that I got in. Like it was kind of, um, it was like I felt that I was a very different kind of student to a few of the other students there. Like I probably um, technically on the instrument didn't have myself as put together as a lot of people, but um, that was the beautiful thing about NAMS. It gave me time to sort of sort, of, sort of all that sort of thing out. Yeah, so I was just stoked to be in the room at NM when I when I was there. So uh, I really didn't know where my career would take me. Um, I'm just very fortunate, sort of, to to end up where where I have. So, I mean, immediately following being at NM, I mean, like, what happened? Oh, I was um, really lucky to. I went on to do a master of music uh, at Yale University. So I. Uh, especially in my final year at NAM, I knew I wanted to study overseas and it had been my uh, initial plan. Uh, I wanted to move to New York to take the contemporary music program at Manhattan School. So my main interest had always really been in contemporary music. Uh, and then I did a few auditions around the place, as everyone does when, when you're in New York, and uh, ended up doing an audition for David Schifrin at Yale School of Music, and as such, he's also he's always been probably my favourite clarinetist. And then when I finally met him and realised how much of an awesome guy he was, uh, and had the offer to study with him, uh, it was tremendous. And I remember um, David Thomas, a teacher at Anam, saying to me that I'd have rocks in my head to turn down the chance to study with him, uh, and not to let my uh, normal classical chops go in playing, but not to become one of those contemporary musicians that can't play Mozart and Beethoven. So uh, that's why that's why I left Anam was to go and study with Schifrin, and um, Anam sort of set it up perfectly for me to be able to go into that. After that, then I auditioned as a casual for Wazo, um, and I also had a few gigs for Perth Symphony Orchestra as well. So, um, yeah, and then I started getting sort of regular work with Wazo, so that, that, that helped a bit. And then I was back and forth to Melbourne for, just for some lessons um, and some work with MSO then as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot of flying. <laughs> I'm on trial as a 2D viola now uh, with, with Wazo as of March. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, since leaving Anam, I have been playing with Speak Percussion and co-directing the Rubik's Collective with other students from Annam and then freelancing around town. I've been really lucky to travel a bit as well. Last year I went to the Darmstadt Festival and I'm about to head to the States this year. Uh, so yeah, so the three years I spent there, uh, each year I felt like I was progressing the whole time so there's no need to, to leave it. But 
uh, David Thomas, my teacher at the time, was good friends with the acting principal in the Adelaide Symphony, and they were down a player because their bass clarinetist was uh, retiring or quitting, and because I was David's student at the time and and I was doing lots of casual work with MSO, he he sent me down there to audition. So I basically went there with a bass clarinet, E flat clarinet, B flat and A clarinet, and just played as much as I could that I thought they'd be interested in. And then I got a contract with with Adelaide Symphony as a utility. So yeah, straight I went straight to Adelaide from from Melbourne, but also on another recommendation from Dave Griffiths who was working in Macau a little bit. They they also needed a principal clarinet in Macau in China. And so on his recommendation, I got a trial with the Macau Orchestra as principal clarinet. Um, I was offered that position just before I got the job in Adelaide. But also Adelaide had auditioned its position for principal clarinet about five times before I got it. How did like how did Annam lead you to being where you are now? Do you feel like Annam like really gave you the, the toolkit necessary to thrive as like a, a musician in Melbourne or internationally in this year? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think when you leave study, no matter where, where you've been or what you've been doing, I think there's always a bit of a moment of shock of just like, okay, what now? But I feel I feel like Annam really gave me all the tools to kind of be proactive. And while I was here, I'd kind of met the right people and. Um, had a chance to try so many different things that I knew what kind of projects I wanted to chase and what I wanted to do next. And that really set me up well for being able to develop the kind of career I wanted. I really just felt like I had everything I needed to just go for it. I think for me, and I was at a place where I could explore a lot of different opportunities and I felt like I was encouraged to explore chamber music, solo playing, and as a double bass player, you don't often get the chance to be the soloist or be the one organizing chamber ensembles. And at Annam, I actually covered the complete range of of classical um, quintets, octets, septets, and all of the kind of core chamber music repertoire that includes the double bass and also got the chance to play as soloist with the Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra in the concerto competition. So I feel like in one year I covered a whole range of, of opportunities which I probably wouldn't have been able to do anywhere else in the world. I guess my next question is, did NM change you as a player and as a person? Um, oh, definitely. It, it, you're in a place where you're surrounded by the best of the best it is an uncomfortable position to be in. You're just surrounded by so many good players. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to believe in yourself when when you feel like everyone around you is, you know, doing. Everyone's doing something uniquely awesome, and you want to be uniquely awesome as well. But um, that's hard. But then that, that's what pushes everyone to be better. Like that's what pushed me to to try and be better in my own unique way. I did sort of be my own musician and sort of sell who I was as a player, and it made me really solidify you know, my playing and. The things I didn't like about my playing, um, to cement myself as a as a good musician, hopefully amongst other really good musicians, which is yeah you know, yeah. When I first came to Melbourne, I didn't know much about drinking coffee or or drinking nice beer, or I didn't I didn't drink beer, I didn't drink coffee. Um, not that that's the main thing about my personality that's changed, but the, the social the social factor of going out for a coffee was was not a normal thing that I was used to, and then you become social and then you get to make friends with everyone and I found that unique. Mm-hmm. 
just one one more question, really. Can you think of a, a single outstanding um, gig or moment or, or, or lesson that you learned from Anna that you'd like to share? I know I'm not really in that orchestral world so much, but playing Brahms 4 with Simone Young was just like a dream come through come true I just love that symphony so much and working with that orchestra and that conductor and you just couldn't get better than that um working with Cremata and Speak doing this massive percussion ensemble concert that was really phenomenal um working on songs from the middle with Eddie Perfect and Ian Grandage was just a total blast and just such a wonderful team and to go to the Adelaide Cabaret Festival that was tons of fun and then, I mean, the concerto competition was just a real moment for me in terms of my development. I suffered terribly from performance anxiety before I came to Anna. And so to have that turnaround in three years from I am fairly terrified of playing solo to I'm going to get up and play a concerto now, <laughs> is um, that was a really defining moment for me in terms of seeing how far I'd come. I think the most important thing that I learned at Anna was confidence and how love of music is the most important thing about what we do. I remember when I went to my first chamber music rehearsal at Annam and Bill was taking it. And I looked at Bill and I said, I'm so sorry that I was a few minutes late. And he said to me, that first mistake that you've made at Annam is, is apologizing to the professor before the students. And you realize that the people that you make music with are the most important people because I'm just here sitting on the sidelines. And I, that kind of, made me realize how important music is because everyone can can get involved with it and it has nothing to do with hierarchy. And yeah, I would have to say that the most challenging gig that I did when I was at Annam was definitely the most fun. I played John Adams' Gnarly Buttons with a famous clarinet soloist. I can't remember if the, the name right now, but we did the whole thing. Ah, Michael Collins. Um, yeah, so we did the whole thing unconducted with Michael Collins. And I, I'd i never really done anything like that before, but it was just amazing to, um, to play a piece like that without conductor because we really just got in sync in the ensemble. And I felt like that was when I first started to really work and make music with Anam students without being under the direction of someone. And we did that a lot at NM actually. In my year, we rarely played with conductor. We often just played with each other or played with an instrumentalist. And I thought that was really important. I remember, I mean, some of the big highlights were we did an enormous Ligeti project and we played all of the Ligeti concertos, which was just ridiculous. I remember doing the Ligeti chamber concerto um, when I was at NM. And even things like there was a, um, a whole festival uh, put aside for playing playing Schoenberg, and we do, we did works like the Schoenberg Serenade, which no one ever plays. And just the fact that we played so much of Schoenberg's chamber music, um, I mean, that really changes your life. And Brett Dean was the artistic director when I was there, and uh, playing his own music um, and sort of seeing sort of sort of world class composer every day and working with him was was totally unreal. But um, as much as it was sort of playing contemporary music, Anam gave me a chance to play sort of the rest of the repertoire as well. So um, Beethoven, Mozart and Brahms. I remember one year was this amazing Schubert project and we played literally all of the Schubert chamber music. Uh, and you can't, uh, you can't buy that and you can't buy that experience as well. 
um, and it's, it's the quantity and the quality of, of of what you get to do, which was which was so bloody extraordinary. And this um, sort of is the centre of my own teaching philosophy here, and what I teach with the students here at the university is that you, you have to have the most diverse skill set that you possibly can. It's ludicrous for me to stand here and teach students to only play orchestral excerpts or to only play Sherino and Donatoni because you, you can't have a life or you can't have a career in music as either. In fact, you can't have a career just as a performer. You've got to be good at talking about music and delivering pre-concert talks. You've got to be a business person. You've got to be able to play Mozart as well as what you play uh, Berio. You've got to have that diverse skill set and just be a very nice person and easy to work with, uh, and then you can have a career in music. But gone are the days of sort of going to a school, learning how to play 20, 20 to 30 orchestral excerpts very well and then sliding into a job to retire when you're 60, 65. Uh, so, that, so what ANAM equipped me with was just learning everything, doing everything. If you were to sort of describe Anam in a very condensed, uh, distilled sentence, what would it be? For me, it was a real, uh, it was a life-changing stepping stone into a professional career. I never, I never thought I was going to be professional that quickly, but Anam definitely boosted my ability and confidence being surrounded by so many great musicians. So that's my... Summary of my time there is basically it just it like blows up everything. Yeah, I think Anam helped me connect with other people. It helped me sort of find a foothold in Melbourne, and it helped me meet other people who I've gone on to work with. I'd say Anam, in a single phrase, is like so much or too much, like it, an immense thing, because there are so many different aspects to what you can get from the Anam experience, whether it's um, the camaraderie the experience with chamber music, um, the great solo expertise that the teachers have here as well, and also the uh, the connection that you get through the international artists that come through the building. So it's just so much. There's so much to do here, and there's always something going on, which is great. Well, what I'd say about Anam is that you definitely get out what you put in. If you put in the work, you've got all the resources there. You've got all the teachers um, and fellow students who help you along the way but if, if you're not willing to put in the work then you're not going to get much out of it. The word I'd use to summarize Anam is opportunity. I just think it's so unique here to have the time, the space, the instruments, the staff are so supportive of these harebrained schemes. We used to come up with these crazy things in the percussion department and go up to them and be like they're totally going to shoot this one down and they'd always be like okay yeah let's see if we can do it <laughs> and uh it's just really so special to be given these opportunities to, to be creative and to just push yourself as far as you can go. After listening to all that, Kenny, what was the best part about Adam for you? Man, there are so many good parts about Anam. Um, I, I, I actually almost struggle to think of what would be the best part. But like, if I had to say something, it'd be just all of the like 
amazing artists that we had through the building in those two years that I was there. I, 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 I didn't think I'd like some of those people. I didn't even think I'd ever meet, you know, let alone play with them. Um, I, th- I think honestly, like that was the best part, just like being inspired by these people who had gone and done everything that like I want to do. Well, what about you, Luke? The number of performances where afterwards you could be almost 100% happy with how it went. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not personally, but like being a part of that community. And like understanding your own growth, you mean? Yeah. Like seeing your own growth. Yeah, like that wouldn't have been... That level of satisfaction wouldn't have been possible otherwise. Mm. Yeah. Hey, Luke, do you know what a theremin is? No, Kenny. What's a theremin? Well, let me tell you. The theremin is an electronic musical instrument controlled through the manipulation of the player's hand proximity to antennas which control pitch and volume. The electric signals from the theremin are amplified and sent to a loudspeaker. It is named after its Russian inventor Leon Theremin, who patented the device in 1928. Thanks, texttospeechreader.com. So, Luke, why do you think we're talking about theremins? I don't know, Kenny. Perhaps because it's time for the Theremin Throwdown. In which we ask an NM student to join us on the podcast in the studio to play the theremin for the first time in their life. And then, of course, redeem themselves on their real instruments. So, this week we have Laura Barton, who's a violin player, and she is going to play Ein Klein Nachtmusik by Mozart. Take it away, Laura. Um, okay, so... In the studio with us now is Laura Barton. Welcome, Laura. Hi. Where are you from? Gore. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I come from Gore, just like lots gore. of blood and like, guts. Yeah, that um, kind of sums it up. No. Um, yes, yeah, so Gore in New Zealand, which is incidentally where I'm from as well. New Zealand or Gore? No, New Zealand. I'm also I'm from Auckland, which is a little more civilized. I thought you were from Auckland. Quite but so a lot more civilized. Is, is Gore a city? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't know this at all by geography. Oh, no, man. it's great. No We're one in Australia get some knows. Hate mail from like yeah. Yeah, door right. now, right? Yeah. Send all hey uh, <laughs> uh, to podcasts at anim.com. Yeah. Um, where is Gore? Gore is really close to the bottom of New Zealand, so it's like two hours south of Dunedin. Is there anything good to be said about Gore? Apart from the fact that Laura came from there. Mm, that, that's, oh, that's really sweet. Oh, it's probably the only thing though. Okay, well, you're, you're obviously, um, let, let's just, yeah. Um, so how are you finding Melbourne? How are you finding Anna? It's great. It's such a cool city. It's so big and the weather's so nice. Yes, well, compared to Gore, yes. Yes. Probably can be, I don't know. <laughs> Everything is better compared to Gore. I'll That's take right. your word for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this is your first year and um, you've, got a, you've got a new teacher, you've got new friends and so it's all going well, is it? Yes, I think so. Um, it was a very big change and a lot to adjust to, but it seems to be a good lifestyle here um, and everyone, for the most part, is super motivated, which really helps rather than just being around people who I, want to I like that she said out. for the most part. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Got a couple of those on the yeah, couch. Yeah. Yeah. Just like keep this real, eh? Yeah. Did, you, did you know terribly much about Anna before you arrived? Not really at all. Um, I, how, how did you find out about Anna? I 
I think I've known people who have been here in the past. Um, and then I wasn't actually going to apply. I decided to very last minute on the day the application form was due, just on the off chance. <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. Yeah, somehow it all worked out. And I bet you never thought that you'd ever be playing a theremin in your first year at Anna. I, I did not. This has been a complete surprise. To be fair, like that is something of a, a filler for your CV. You know, yeah, like definitely. Main skills, you know, mm. you conduct, you play the violin, yep. you can play the theremin. I have played the theremin That's on fun. the radio. Yeah, amazing. Not well, quite I mean, like It's not there, quite the internet radio. It's, kind of, yeah. internet it's all radio. the same these yeah, days. <laughs> Okay, and this episode particularly, we're talking a little... Well, we've talked to a bunch of alumni... Alumna, Alumnus, alumnae. alumna. Mm. Okay. <laughs> That's going to be... Alumnu. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I know it's like early days for you at Anam or whatever, but like, what, like, what... Um, when, when you are, when you want, when you do become an alumna... Alumnus. Alum... Latin plurals. Oh yeah, but you're. But <laughs> they're, they're like a, alumna here upstairs. Yeah, it's like female is like alumna, right? Oh really? Yeah. I think because so. alumnus is single. Yes. I mean, and then uh, alumna, I think, is female single. And to be fair, this is probably a fight you want to have with the administration, not us. <laughs> yeah. When you finish here, <laughs> <laughs> when you finish here, like, what do you what do you see happening? Like, are, what are you hoping to get out of Anam, and how do you how do you hope that that'll sort of like project you into the future? Well, the thing that I said in my interview when here, when they asked me why I wanted to come to Anam, I said that I want to stop sounding like a student and start sounding like a professional. Mm. So that's basically what I want to come out of Anam being, <laughs> like so, sounding like a professional. <laughs> and like, um, how far along that path do you feel you're at? The, I mean, it being sort of like basically May, okay, are you making good progress? Are you happy to be here? I'm definitely happy to be here. I am making progress. I don't know if it's good progress, but it's definitely progressing. Um, <laughs> I think progress is like inherently a good thing. Right? Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, can't go wrong. It's yeah. definitely getting better. Good. So excellent. Mm. That's really good to hear. Yes. Yes. That basically sums it up. Yeah. Cool. Laura, thanks so much for your time. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Hello, my name is Timothy Young, and I'm Head of Piano and Chamber Music at the Australian National Academy of Music. I'm also co-director and the pianist of the Melbourne-based Ensemble Liaison. One of the highlights of my year in 2017 will be as a soloist with the Australian World Orchestra with Simone Young conducting in Messian's epic and fiendishly difficult Tarangalila Symphony. And I keep fit by practising yoga, and I enjoy nothing better than getting a downward dog in between my practice sessions. So, I think that brings us to the end of our first episode of Season 2 of the Uppo Download. That's it. That wraps it up. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, we can be reached at podcasts at anam.com.au. And you can also find us on the website, which also happens to be anam.com.au. <laughs> By bizarre coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> we can also be reached on Facebook. Um, and please tell all your friends about this podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, uh, spread the love. We can be found by searching Anam into the iTunes feed. Um, yeah, and if, if you are listening, we'd love to hear from you and uh, hear your feedback, whether positive, negative, or somewhere in between. Thanks very much to Peter Diego, who uh, accompanied our theremin player. A very special thanks to Alison Wright for getting together our intro and outro music. Uh, thank you very much to the guest alumni who gave up their time to talk to us. And thanks very much to you, the listener, for, for joining us for this episode.
Uh, and we should end things on a high note, I think. So here's Anam Basunas, Carol Wang. Thanks, everyone. Bye.